Hello everybody. I hope you're having a great day. Now before we get into today's episode, I have a little favor I need to ask of you. Now this favor is probably only going to take about a minute of your time, so I would appreciate it if you could do this for me. I put a lot of time into these podcasts and it's something I'm very passionate about, so I appreciate any bit of support that I can get. So, today's favor is, could you scroll down and under this podcast, go to ratings and reviews, and give me a five-star rating, and leave me a sweet little review, something I'm going to read, you know, that'll show your support to the podcast. If you're getting any value out of the podcast, or any value out of me, just let me know. You know, you can share the podcast with your friends, post it on your social media, whatever. Any bit of support helps me grow the podcast, and I will appreciate it so, so much. Anyways, guys, on to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome back to the Sky's the Limit podcast, a podcast based around showing you that anything you set your mind to is possible. I'm your host, Lucas Aylward. Today's guest is somebody I've wanted to chat to for a while. You know, our schedules have clashed for the past few weeks, but we're finally making it happen today. Anyways, guys, he's a national-level bodybuilder. He's a contest prep coach. He's a personal trainer. He's fully sponsored by Jacked Factory. This dude lives and breathes bodybuilding. It's his passion. Introducing today, Morgan McDonald. How's it going, man? Hey, man, it's going good. Happy to be on here to talk about bodybuilding and passion and goals and everything that goes along with those. Yeah, man, that's the whole goal with the podcast, so I'm glad you're on here. It's going to be a great fit. I'm really excited for this episode. So before we even get into chatting about, you know, the nitty-gritty details, I just want to start with bodybuilding as a whole. So you're obviously really into bodybuilding. You're a massive bodybuilder. I'm working on it. (laughs) How'd you get into bodybuilding? What's the day one like? Oh, man. Well, I was like an athlete all growing up, Uh, like multiple sports, but for me, it was really basketball. Uh, it was all basketball right up until end of high school, like first year university and just like dealing with injuries from that. Actually for me, the thing that ended it for me, which is kind of abnormal for a basketball player was I broke my nose five times. Oh my God. Yeah. And after the second, uh, I had my second nose surgery and I was basically told that if you keep, like you can keep playing, but if you break your nose again, I would have had to get reconstructive facial surgery which literally could have changed what I look like. And obviously I wasn't going to the NBA. So I kind of called it quits on like playing basketball. like at a competitive level. Um, from there, I was kind of like, I actually kind of depressed about it. Like I felt like I had no purpose when competitive sports like left my life. So mm-hmm. I did the whole partying thing pretty hard for a couple of years. And that's the one thing about me. Uh, I'm all or nothing in anything I do. I've always been that way. (laughs) Literally, whether it's video games or sports or partying. And, like, I went pretty hard there for a couple years. And, you know, throughout that time, I met some guys that were, like, into lifting weights and stuff. So, got into it a little bit. And even though, like, my diet wasn't great and we were partying every weekend... I still found I responded like pretty good to it, especially in my legs. Like I almost had to do nothing and I started growing um, just like naturally. Uh, I also always had like a pretty big appetite, like Mm -hmm. always. So that kind of helped with that as well. 
I never had trouble getting food down. Uh, but I guess when bodybuilding became serious for me, I, I sort of had an epiphany, and I'll, I'll never really forget it. I was after partying all weekend, uh, one weekend, and I had went to the gym. I was hungover. Uh, I lost weight from, from partying that weekend. <laughs> like, I felt terrible, and I was in the gym, and, like, all my lifts were down. I couldn't lift anything. And I remember driving home and I actually got kind of emotional with myself because I was like, you know, why are you even trying to do this? Like, you know, I got down on myself about how much I was partying and how bad I felt about it. So I kind of just decided in that moment that I was going to just quit drinking, uh, quit going out and just dedicate myself to the gym because like it really was something that made me happy. And I, and I really enjoyed the progression of, of bodybuilding, like seeing my body transform the more work I put into mm-hmm. it. So when I stopped the partying and kind of started focusing on my diet and training, that's when things really took off for me. And then I, uh, later that the next week, pretty much after that, I, uh, remember just telling my parents that like, there's a bodybuilding show in five months and like, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I basically like had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> it was not what I thought it was going to be at all, but I was smart enough, luckily to hire a coach to kind of guide me along the way. Mm-hmm. So we did that whole thing. I uh, did my first show. I suffered like I never thought suffering was possible before. <laughs> and I literally remember like I wasn't going to quit. I was going to do it because I told so many people I was going to do it. And like, that's not me. Like, I- I'm not a quitter. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to finish it. But I remember saying to myself along the way that, you know, this is it for me. Like, I'm never doing this sh- this again. Like, I cannot do diets like this. Like, it completely like you know, just like the lack of energy and everything like that. How old were you? I was 20. Oh, okay. Like 19 or 20. Yeah, All right. And then, yeah. so make it to the show. And I end up doing like, okay, like for my first show, like I got third in the heavyweight division uh, out of probably like seven or eight guys. And then I got second in the junior division out of, out of a few guys. And, you know, the guy that won the junior looked really good. I knew him. He's a good bodybuilder. Uh, so like I kind of felt pretty good about it, and then I remember watching the overall winner win the show. Uh, he was a really good bodybuilder. He looked amazing, and I and I said to myself in that moment, like I had to know what that felt like. Like I like so all the doubts I had about doing another show were gone, like in an instant. And the next day after that show, I was back in the gym. So I guess for me, that's like when I really knew like. You know, I didn't know if I was going to be good at it or not, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely had some sort of passion for it to want to kind of do it all again after I just basically killed myself to get in the shape that I did. So then I ended up hiring a new coach and then kind of just went from there. And that's when it started, sort of started getting serious for me. Well, you were aiming for the top, man. That's how it should be. You know, some people would have done that show and they would have said, ah, well, whatever. I'm done with it now. Like it was good for the experience. I'm gonna give up. But you were like, I need to go to the next level, which is what you, which is what you need to do to get anywhere, man. Yeah. Well, I just instantly drew motivation from that first failure, which I guess I'm lucky in a way because, like you said, like you know, not many people would would kind of go back for more after experience in that. But you know, that was it for me. Like I just knew instantly I, I wanted to get better and come back and and try to win it the next year. Mm-hmm. What would you do? if you're falling short of a goal, so how would you feel if say you set a goal for yourself to, you know, win first place and you only get second or to gain 10 pounds, but you only gain five. So how do you feel and what do you do when you fall short of a goal? 
Well, from a show standpoint, like every show I've done, obviously I've entered to win it, mm-hmm. and I've gotten many second places. I've come. I've never. I've still never won an entire show. I won a junior division once, but uh, not not the actual show itself. And in my earlier days, like my first two or three years of competing, you know, I would get, I would get pretty disappointed, uh, and, and I would hang on to it for a while, and I would probably look for other people to blame besides myself, like my coach or the judges of the show, or say politics had something to do with it, mm-hmm. uh, which is all bullshit. That was just me trying to make myself feel better about coming up short. Uh, but later on, like more recently in my competition. Uh, or like, yeah, the shows I've done in the last two or three years, um, you, you realize, like, I guess you learn patience. And now that I'm at the national level, especially, you know, I've competed against guys. Well, my first nationals, for example, was back in 2017. And I was talking to guys in my division that had, this was like their 10th and 11th nationals. Like wow. these guys have tried that many times to like turn pro at these shows. And I was there for my first time. So with those losses, it's kind of just like, a, okay, like you didn't reach the goal. You failed. Uh, clearly, you're not at this level. So it's it's just time to get back to work. Like, And that's my attitude now almost with everything. Anytime I come up short, it's just like, okay, that's just one more failure. We need to improve. So like back to the drawing board. It's almost instantaneous now. Uh, but still, even saying that, like, I, I can, like, again, speaking on the last couple of times I've competed, I'll probably have, like, an hour after the show where I'm disappointed and I'm pissed because mm-hmm. it is a lot of work leading up to a bodybuilding contest. Like, you're dieting for 16 weeks. You know, for the last eight weeks of that, like, you feel, like, complete shit. You, you sacrifice a lot to get in that condition. And then, you know, you're on stage for five minutes, and then there you go. It's another second place. Of course, you're going to be disappointed, but it's about – you know, if you're going to get pissed off, like get it out of you and then understand that, like, you know, you can suckle on that loss for as long as you want, but it's not going to get you any further to your goal. The goal still remains the same. So mm-hmm. it's just back to the drawing board, you know, do an off season, get better, and then learn from any mistakes that you might have made getting ready for that show and just don't make those mistakes again. And you're, you're almost guaranteed to yield a better result as long as you put the work in. So, so that's like how I've learned how to deal with failure. So let's say we got a young guy listening to this and I don't know, let's say 17 or 18 and he's been going to the gym for a year or so and he has a goal to say, I want to compete just to see if I can win first. Like he doesn't want to be a bodybuilder. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do it for like a, he's not passionate about it. He just wants to do it, I guess, to say that he, he did it. Like, oh, I, I've, I've competed and I won second, first, third, whatever. What would you say to someone like that? Do you think it's a good idea for them to compete just for that you know, just to say they won first place or just to say they've done it? Or do you feel like it's something that should be strictly left to the people who are super passionate about it and they want to make a living from it? Well, I guess you won't really know if you're super passionate about it unless you actually do it, like, and go through it. Because a lot of people will go to a show and they see everybody up on stage with their tan on, looking, excuse me, looking their best. Um... And they're like, oh, like, I want to do that. Like, I can do that. But they don't realize that that show is just the very, very end of what bodybuilding is and what a contest Mm -hmm. prep is. Like, it's the 12, 16, 20 weeks before that of strategic, tedious dieting and strategic, intense weight training with, uh, you know, never-ending 
like amounts of cardio day in and day out that get you to that point. Mm-hmm. Like getting on stage is a privilege of doing everything that you have to do to get there before. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say to that person, try it, uh, set your expectations, maybe a little bit lower, unless like, you know, you're going into a show that nobody's competing in. Um, but yeah, like, I guess you, you gotta, you gotta try it to know, but I can tell you right now, a lot of people do one bodybuilding show and never come back. Mm-hmm. And that's how you tell if someone's passionate about it or not. Cause if you don't have a passion for this, like you're not going to be able to do it. It's just too damn hard. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. you don't love it, if you don't embrace the suffering that comes with it, then you don't got a chance, you know, and, and you won't push yourself to bring your best because there is an immense amount of sacrifice that comes with it. And most people, most like normal thinking people aren't yeah. willing to sacrifice things for that long you know, or jeopardize even relationships in order to to get to like a high level of this, right? So you said you started young when you uh, you started going to the gym when you were young, and you had a group of friends that you used to go with, and you kind of went, you know, for fun, right? You just wanted to go to the gym and lift weights and put some size on. But who who were the people that really motivated you to keep pushing through? Like I know you said yourself that once you got on stage, you had that passion, you had that fuel. And you wanted to go to the next round. You wanted to do it again. You wanted to keep going higher and higher and higher. But did you have anybody that was like an advisor for you? Somebody who was like, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. And don't give up. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Um, not really. Uh, because like when I first started lifting weights, um, like bodybuilding, getting on stage, like wasn't even like, I wasn't even considering that. Like, you know, you know, I think my friends would probably make fun of that, like whole idea of getting up on stage and like a thong and flexing your muscles, like, you know, so I didn't even consider that at all. But, uh, as far as like being in the gym and training, I think my first goal was, uh, just to be the biggest out of all my friends. Right. And, and that kind of happened pretty quick. Well, you've accomplished that, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. And then it was like, okay, like, you know, like I want to be the biggest guy like in the gym. Like, not, like, just from, not, like, an ego thing or, like, to be, like, the biggest, toughest guy. Like, it was just kind of my goal, like, you know, at the, at that time. Okay. But then when I actually started, like, because I wanted to expand my knowledge of training so I could get better and, like, re- reach my own personal goals just, like, for mm-hmm. my own physique. And then I started, like, actually watching, like, other, body, like, serious professional bodybuilders, like, and how they train and watching their training videos. And I found a few guys that I also like related to almost on a personal level. Like they were younger guys. They listened to the same kind of music that I liked. Like they would have like these training videos, like heavy metal in the background and just like smashing heavy weights. So like I was really attracted to that. So I wanted to emulate that part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll throw out a couple names for you. Uh, Antoine Vallant, uh, he's a guy from Quebec, a pro bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. I actually met him this past weekend. Yeah, I saw a picture. Show. Yeah, yeah, we get more into that a bit later. Okay. Um, yeah, so, like, him, and then, like, just, like, the guys that train, like, hardcore. Like, I used to watch old Dorian Yates videos when he was training in the 90s for his Olympia run. Like, uh, guys like Branch Warren um, and, and, and others. Uh, okay. But from them, I guess, they're kind of what made bodybuilding, like, more cool to me, like, on an actual competitive level. Yeah. Uh, because I actually related to them. And then when I saw how I could only get so far progress-wise with training, 
then I would see, okay, what are these guys like eating and like what supplements are they taking? You know, so when I started taking on those things as well as the training, then I started getting even more results. So I was like, oh, okay, there's a lot more to this than, than training. Like it, it really is like a, a lifestyle. So they, they inspired me to begin on that like regiment, you know, so, and that regimented lifestyle is, I think what I really kind of fell in love with because the more structure I had in my diet and my training, the more structure I felt like I had in my life mm-hmm. and, and it, it made, made me feel like I was a better person and I was actually being more productive because I was working towards this goal that I never knew was going to be a never ending goal because you're never really satisfied with your physique when you're <laughs> in the sport of bodybuilding like I am. Right. But yeah, so those guys really got it going for me. They took it from just a hobby to like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like I, this is, I want to live, I want to do what those guys are doing. I want to get to that level. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know there's a, uh, like you said, you're never, there's actually a quote. It says, no matter how hard you work, you work in the gym. You'll never be as big as your pump. <laughs> Cause you always, your pump will always be bigger than you is what the quote goes like. Something like that. Um, yeah, man. I'm, never satisfied like i've i remember literally when i was like 220 pounds i was like okay i want to be 250 with abs and then i hit that and then it's like okay i want to be 270 with abs okay i hit that and i'm like okay i want to be 280 with abs hit that and now i'm like 320 pounds with abs <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and i'm still not even satisfied with this so okay so i'm gonna throw out the question of like um let's say for someone new uh, let's say we got a skinnier guy. Um, let's say someone like me. When I started, I was 110 pounds, and I was like a, an ectomorph, right? And I, let's say I had the goal to be 300 pounds, right? Do you think that it's, do you think it's fair to tell me like it's very, very unlikely that you're going to be that big, but you should aim for this weight, or do you think that like anything is possible? No, I believe anything is possible. Okay, that's good, man. Um. If you saw me nine years ago and the lifestyle I was living and the way I looked physically, you would 100% tell me to get to where I am now would have been impossible. You know, and not, not only because of how I look, but how, like where, where I like mentally the person I was towards life, you know, the, the way I thought of myself, how insecure I was, how unconfident I was and, and who I, who I am. I didn't even know who I was like, but I do now. Right. And it's, I found myself through these years of, of focus and discipline. Um, so I, like, you know, I have bodybuilding to thank for that. Okay. So, um, when it comes to, I'll go back again to the new people. So say someone's new and they go to the gym and they're starting out naturally and they're just, you know, taking the basic supplements to say protein, creatine, and, you know, maybe some pre-workout and stuff like that, some vitamins. Let's say they're very impatient. They've only been lifting for like six months, but they've been going consistently and they're like, yeah, man, I'm only 150 pounds. Fuck this. I want to be 200 pounds like soon. Like I, I don't want to wait for this anymore. And they're like, I'm going to just go right into taking something. And they're they're still only six months into it. Um, so what would be your opinion on that to them? Would you tell them to kind of play it out a little bit longer or would you even like have any advice? Would you say like stick away unless you're going to compete or would you be all for it and just, you know, let them know how it is. Like what, what's your advice on that? My advice in that situation. Well, I firmly believe actually, I guess like for the most part with a few exceptions that, uh, steroids are for bodybuilders. If you are not a bodybuilder and you don't plan on competing or like 
seriously competing, um, then don't do it. Like I wouldn't be taking steroids if I wasn't a competitive bodybuilder trying to make a profession out of it. Mm-hmm. It's there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with doing it properly, and, and not only like steroids aren't this like magic potion that you take and get all these these gains that people talk about. Like steroids just allow you to train harder because you can recover faster. Uh, they allow you to eat more food because you can absorb it better and therefore you can grow. But like if those other two things aren't there with the steroids, then, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. So if you haven't mastered those two things as a natural athlete before considering becoming an enhanced athlete, then you're going to, you're shooting yourself in the foot anyway. And if, if anything, you're just going to put your health at risk and probably not even yield much results, if any at all. Uh, so I guess that that's where I would, I would stand with that. Okay. You know, man, I appreciate that answer. It was a really honest question. It's really good because I know a lot of younger guys are falling into that. They just want to, they don't want to work the long run for it. They kind of want to just start and, and go right into it, right? They don't want to be patient with the weight gain. They don't want to play it out in the beginning. And none of these guys don't have any goals to be bodybuilders or anything. They're just doing it more or less just to get muscle. And I guess there's obviously different views. Like, like you said, you would stick to it being a thing only for bodybuilders and there obviously is a health card at play like i don't know much about it myself but you know it's if something that you need to do it's something that would need to be done responsibly and i don't think that a young guy who's i don't know 17 or 18 who's just starting out should play that card yet maybe down the road if they go down the bodybuilding path into something they can introduce but as a young guy i think the mindset like you said getting disciplined with the things you need to do before you introduce that is what matters the most in the beginning. Like the staying on track with your schedule and knowing and learning the nutrition and learning how to uh, plan out your meals at the right times and stuff like that. That's going to be more important than just rushing into anything. And you can say that even about like supplements. Some people just, you know, before they even take a step into the gym, will go drop 200 bucks on the supplements <laughs> before day one even starts, right? So, yeah, uh, is, yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, like, again, with like with the drugs, like, if you do want to go that route, because people are going to make their own decisions at the end of the day. Yeah. When you're 17, 18, 19 years old, your natural testosterone is at its absolute peak. You do not need steroids to grow. <laughs> no. You don't. Like, um, you'll you'll get plenty out of, of training naturally if your nutrition and 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 supplements aren't even that important, but if they're there, they help. If you have that stuff down and you know how to train hard, you can grow until you're 22, 23, 24. And then if you feel like you've really reached your natural fatigue, like you've plateaued, you've done everything in your power to improve as a natural athlete, and then you decide to start using PEDs, you are going to get so much more out of them. Mm -hmm. Not only have you reached your natural peak of, of muscle gain, uh, and but by doing that, you've mastered training nutrition so that when again, when you do use the steroids, you're going to get a hell of a lot out of them and, and minimal doses as well. Like you won't need very much in the beginning to get a lot out of it. And then as you go and you progress, like you add in other compounds and increase your dosages. And then, you know, that's a totally different story. But yeah, so I guess I, I just wanted to say that. And also that people like anyone listening that might be considering that just understand that you are changing the chemistry of your body forever. Once you've done like a full steroid cycle, technically you'll never be the same. 
there's always going to be some sort of enhancement there from whatever you gain during that time. And also understand that these drugs don't affect everybody the same. Mm-hmm. There are some people that try to use steroids and get nothing but negative side effects out of them. They get no positive side effects. They get they get no mood enhancement. They get no hypertrophy enhancement. They get they don't get stronger. You know, some people just get acne, gynomastia underneath their nipples, and and even worse side effects than that, like you know, mood swings and and can really hormonally mess you up, right? So, just understand what you're getting into before you before you start that because it's it's not like taking a supplement or creatine or protein powder. It's a completely different game. So going back to people starting the gym, what's some, you know, some general tips that you could give somebody who's just brand new starting to the gym? You know, they New Year's resolution, let's say, or they just want to start going, say it's their birthday or they just got home, they're getting ready to go for a trip or something. What would you say to that person to kind of get them on track with staying with it long term? Because a lot of people fall off in the beginning because they kind of go into everything at once. So what are your tips for the long term? You know, just baby routine. steps, just baby steps. And, and, and if you really want to, you know, skip a lot of, if you want to skip a lot of like early mistakes, just hire a coach. There's, there's so many people doing like online coaching and, uh, you know, or even getting like a few sessions with a personal trainer in the gym. Like if you really have no idea what you're doing, like that can save you a lot of trial and error, you know, um, and and there's so many different ways of dieting and training these days. Like like people can help you and and kind of make a plan to, to to really help you. But if you're set on just getting in the gym by yourself and trying to do your own thing for a bit, I would just say like don't take on too much at once. Like if you're just starting at the gym, then just do that. Like because if you're going from nothing and then starting training, like you're gonna get something out of that before you plateau. So maybe just start with going to the gym three or four days a week. Do that for a few weeks, and once you wrap your head around that and you have made that a habit, then maybe start looking at, like, what can I change in my diet to help me get even more results, right? And then you kind of just build on that as you go. So that that's that would be my, my advice for beginners. Yeah, that's probably what I would say as well. You know, just getting your foot is the, is the first step. It's the most important step is what I believe in. So that yeah, is, totally. is really important. So when it comes to, you you know, you mentioned how you should get a, you can get a coach or a personal trainer to uh, help you in the beginning. Uh, I, I've, I've been seeing a lot of personal trainers that around. It seems like uh, there's trainers everywhere now. You know, every gym has their trainers. What, what do you think it takes for someone to be a credible trainer? So a trainer that actually knows what they're doing versus somebody who – it's kind of just doing it for like a paycheck or something. Yeah. Well, first, uh, man, your trainer should be in shape, <laughs> you know, like honestly, honestly, like unless maybe like they could possibly be like a super heavyweight power lifter or something like that. Like, you know, I guess that, that could be an exception, but like just in my personal opinion, like I'm not saying this to hurt anybody's feelings or put anybody down. If your job is a personal trainer, your job is to get people in shape you should be able to keep yourself at least in like decent shape. So when you say shape, do you mean like a level of leanness or do you mean like a a size thing? Like somebody, what if someone's really skinny but they're super lean, they have a six pack and stuff like that? Well, yeah, like like just, like you just look good. Like basically like you're not like, you know, you're not like an overweight like, like person. Like, you know, you should be able to perform the exercises that you're, you're trying to teach people. Yeah, yeah, overall health, and, just and, an athletic person, yeah. And also, you should be able to promote, like, good nutrition, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, 
it, it wouldn't feel right to me if I was, you know, overweight and not taking care of myself and eating McDonald's every other day to be telling my clients that they got to eat this and this to get these results when I can't even eat that and that to get the results for myself. Yeah, you got to set the example. It's integrity, right? Yeah. Like, um, but then also, you know, being a good personal trainer comes with experience as well. Like, you know, especially if you're working with a wide variety of clients. Like, I train people that are in their 60s, people that are 18 years old and everywhere in between that, you know, some have injuries, uh, some have all different goals like weight loss, muscle gain, uh, even just just maintenance. And, and some of my clients, like I said, have really bad injuries who are just trying to be able to do everyday things in their lives, right? So, but like, so I would say, look for a trainer that has experience in like whatever you are trying to do, right? So if you are someone that is trying to lose weight, then look at, look for a trainer that has helped a lot of people lose weight, you know? They have the experience and it still might take some trial and error with you. Anytime you, as a trainer, you start working with someone new, there's always like a two or three week period where you're just trying to figure out their body and, and, and what works for them and what doesn't. So if you don't get immediate results working with your trainer, like, you know, have some patience with that. Like patience is a big part of this, you know, whole body transformation thing anyway. Like nothing happens overnight and any results that come really fast usually don't stick around for very long either. So yeah, I guess that would be my advice if you're looking for a trainer or a coach. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's pretty good advice. And, uh, you know, another thing people look for once they're down that path and they're, they've become, you know, fit, they've become an athlete, they've been at the gym for a few years, is everyone wants to feel a part of a team. Everybody wants to uh, feel, I guess, um, needed in the sense of their athletic ability. So this is where a lot of people come into wanting sponsorships and affiliate uh, partnerships and stuff like that. And, you know... I know you're sponsored by Jack Factory and like I know you're fully sponsored as in to say like you are paid by like it's almost like you're you're a part of it as like a job. You're not just some guy who plugs a you know a link in your bio and you hope for the best to get like a 10% commission or something. Like you're actually fully with that team. So what do you uh what would you say to like the people who are a little bit confused with uh you know affiliates and sponsorships and you know partner promotions and stuff like that so like there's different levels to it obviously so what is your opinion on your position and you know just to kind of educate people on what's out there uh well first of all i feel like like i feel like i've kind of earned my position like with my sponsorship with jack factory but at the same time i'm, I'm lucky to you know be a part of that that mm -hmm. group of people because they're they're just so good and, and so supportive of uh of like what i'm doing and everything like that but i mean it comes like there's work to it too like i'm I, with jack factory like i'm basically on call and like they call me quite a bit like if they need content like i got to be there um you know and like this past weekend like i found out like only a few days before that like i was going up to toronto for the toronto pro super show the weekend to meet up with sean clarita he's a, a 212 uh pro that we sponsor in the ifbb yeah, yeah. He's, he's seventh best in the world in his division. So oh, that's amazing. You know, we took the opportunity to meet him up in Toronto and get and shoot a lot of content with him. But like, I probably slept about eight hours the entire weekend. Uh, just because when we got up there, it was just like steady belt, like getting content with Sean, going to the expo so he could meet his fans and, and network with other companies and people. And, uh, and that so like you know it's it's great to have it but it's almost like having another job as as well right so mm -hmm. um but yeah in the industry uh sponsorships are not what they used to be like 
you know, years ago, if you were like, if you were a sponsored athlete, like you were a fully sponsored athlete, like you were probably getting paid a salary, uh, you know, any commission you made on sales, any photo shoots you did, you were getting paid for. If you were winning shows, you were getting bonuses. Uh, but these days with social media, it's definitely changed a lot. Like you see these ambassador programs and, and things like that, that a lot of supplement companies have. And that's the other thing too. Like there's so many more supplement companies now than there used to be. Like supplement companies pop up and disappear like almost weekly. (laughs) But it seems to me like a lot of people just want to attach themselves to something. Like, you know, they want to attach themselves to a company or a brand. Like you said, just to almost be like, I think they think people will take them more serious. Yeah. Uh, Which which isn't true because like the people who are really in this industry, like at, at like a higher level or an executive level, like understand the difference of like, who's legit and who's not. And like, I think you need to be honest with yourself in this situation. Like, okay, if you have 500 followers, are you really useful to a company? Like, probably not. Like you don't have very much outreach. Um, and like, you know, and do the people that follow you, like, do they really believe in you? Like, are they really following you or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, and that's okay, like, but you need to work on it. Like, one of my things since I started bodybuilding was, like, building my Instagram following. And, like, I still only have, like, I think, like, 8,000, like, 500-something followers, mm-hmm. 8,600 followers, which, like, isn't a ton, but I'm working at it. And I, I'm i constantly increasing. I'm constantly trying to put out content and useful content at that, right, to have some integrity to my following so that the people – so that when I do promote Jack Factory, that – People know that I'm not just full of shit, basically. Like, this is something that I use. It helps me with my goals. And I think it will help you guys, too. So that's why I'm putting it out here mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Whereas you just get someone who has, like, a 1,000 followers, and they just randomly get become an ambassador of this company, and they've never even used their products before. Like, there's no integrity behind that. So why would anyone buy that product because you said so? You, exactly. you know what I'm saying? And another thing too is like like we're talking about credibility. Like I know myself. Uh, well, even with you, for example, say you said you had like eighty five hundred followers. Now it doesn't even matter about the number of followers. It matters about how many are engaged with you, right? There's some people who say some fit girls on Instagram have a million followers, and they promote. Every, well, let's say every single photo they're half naked, right? And they don't really have a theme to their page. They're just kind of posting yeah. bikini photos, right? And then they randomly. All their all their followers, the majority of the followers are kind of older men who are just following them for their bodies. And then you have them post um, selling their glue guide or whatever for a special sale. And, you know, they end up only selling a couple thousand and they have millions of followers just because their following isn't their proper audience to convert into a customer. Like for you, even though you have, like you said, 8,000 8, people, those people could be very, very loyal to you and support everything that you do. Like myself, I know... My following has dropped now by a few thousand, mainly because the following that I built was all based around, uh, you know, just looks and physique, and it wasn't based around me as a person. So now I'm trying to almost rebrand, provide value in the sense that people would want to follow me for me and actually care to what I say instead of just like, I don't give a fuck what you say. I just want to see your body type of thing. Right? Oh, totally, man. But but there, those people I find are pretty easy to pick out because like like you said, like they, they, there's no. There's, there's nothing really to, like, the captions they use or something, for example, right? Like you said, it's just, like, like a picture of, like, a chick with her ass sticking out and, like, you know, some insignificant caption that's not really going to gonna mean anything. 
and with the and I totally agree with you like on the engagement thing and that's like and that's kind of you know how I know like I, I am pretty engaged with my followers because just based off the amount of DMs and stuff I get like you know people asking for advice and or they see me make a post and like they have more questions about it like the exercise I was doing or if I brought up something about diet or or whatever uh, but with Jack Factory especially like uh, we kind of get like a monthly report, like a commission report to see how many people like are using our code and, and stuff like that. Because uh, like, like I have a 20% discount code people can use to get 20% off the order. And I was actually like really surprised by like how, how much, uh, how many people had used my code and, and stuff like that. So that motivated me even more as an athlete to keep pushing these products that I'm using because I know like, you know, people are actually benefiting from it and, and using the products and enjoying them. Okay. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I'm glad you touched on that stuff because, yeah, that's one thing that I I can't really express on my own because I almost want someone else's opinion on it is that whole thing with the affiliate codes and stuff like that. Like, it's kind of getting out of hand, but at the same time, I don't really care what anyone's doing. Yeah, <laughs> just... I'm the same. But like, I would just say to people, like, like, just have patience with that. Like, like, you know if you're legit or not, you know, and don't just take anything that comes at you. Like if you get some company that you've never heard of before is like, Oh, Hey, we like your profile. Like want to be a sponsored athlete. Like here's your code that you can promote us with and we'll give you 20% off our products. Like that's nothing. Like you're not like, you just had someone be like, Hey, you still got to buy my stuff. (laughs) You're like, you're not even getting it for free, but here's a code that you can also promote my stuff with. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like wait till you know, you have value and then, if there's a certain company you want to you want to be sponsored by or you want to help promote them like then you should go to them and tell them that and tell them why you like their products so that and they'll see value in that because they know when you're advertising them like you you really mean it and you're going to get more legitimate engagement from your followers and therefore actually help them sell their products mm-hmm. now mind you i do know there are tons of accounts with just a, a few thousand followers a couple hundred or whatever that have affiliate links and they're passionate about the shit to do man they're really really engaged with the product and they're they're really passionate about it and they promote it for real but then you have those people who get those random dms about hey would you like to promote our product for 20 percent off and then you're just like oh yeah sure and you throw the link in your bio and then you're kind of just like a sellout in that sense yeah, those exactly. are the people that i feel like need to figure out what they're doing on the platform and not really just stick to that for 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 that ego trip i almost take it as is the, the credibility they want people to see like oh i have this in my bio yeah <laughs> so. yeah exactly they're pretty easy to pick out anyway mm-hmm. yeah so uh with the toronto pro show i know you said you went up there and you you were up there for uh, with jack factory and stuff like that how was that experience for you and i know a lot of younger guys like that's one thing they look towards because especially now with social media being so powerful you see all your your favorite athletes at these expos with you know signing autographs for fans and it's one of the big things that you strive for you're just like i want to get to that point i want to be this bodybuilder i want to go to an expo i want to meet fans i want to be somebody that people look up to so being in that position where you were actually at the expo and you were taking part of something like that talk a little bit more about how that experience was for you and did you take anything away from that with like say new goals you were up there and you saw somebody and you were like man i was chatting with this guy he told me a bunch of stuff and he kind of really challenged my mindset and I want to reach this new goal because of him or somebody you saw. Oh man. Well, like the whole thing was just, just amazing. Like just, you know, cause for me, especially living in, in St. John's, like there's not a massive demographic for competitive bodybuilding, you know, like 
there's like kind of like a small circle of us or whatever and and like you know you network within that group and like your friends are in that group uh which is great but like to get up to an event like that where there's thousands of like-minded people like you know i was just like enjoying every minute of it just talking to people that have you know obviously the same interests that i do and and just talking about the lifestyle and everything that goes with it so just even that itself is is great and almost like a, a sense of relief um but yeah like you know met lots of lots of top pros and, and got to talk with them um but i learned a lot from being there this is my first time meeting our athlete sean um and and just hang getting to hang out with him like the entire weekend and, and talk to him about like training and and what and lifestyle and like what it took him to get to where he is um it definitely was humbling for me because uh, you're talking about this top level guy that is like a celebrity up in a like a place like that like at, at that that pro show um, like we were walking around the expo and like I'm not even kidding you like every minute we're stopping so Sean could take pictures or like or like sign an autograph for somebody or or whatever. Um, but I think the biggest thing was talking to him about, about his journey, essentially how, cause Sean's only five foot two, like he's, he's a pretty short bodybuilder, even for that like lighter weight class that he's in. But like just genetically, his makeup is amazing. Like one of the most incredible physiques I've ever seen, but people essentially doubted him every step of the way since he started bodybuilding to when he became pro and like now he's going to the Mr. Olympia stage. So just to hear from him, like the perseverance he had kind of like motivated me because like I've also had my shortcomings like coming up through and uh you know to talk to him and some other guys that pretty much gave me good feedback on like like just like how the size I have and like my structure and everything like you know I guess I felt kind of verified after that that Mm -hmm. I I, like I'm on the right path like I'm doing what I should be doing um but yeah you know I I guess I and I also (laughs) So my coach is up there as well in Toronto, uh, Dorian Hamilton. Like he coaches a number of Canadian pros. So I started working with him at the beginning of last year, or the end of last year, sorry. And um, you know, I guess I, this was all the first pro show I've ever attended. Like actually watching the pro guys compete. And we were possibly thinking about doing nationals in October again, um, which is the my, the last show I did. And I guess seeing the level that these guys are at, I. I kind of realized like I wasn't quite there yet. So after seeing that, I talked to him and we decided that I'm going to like wait until next year to do the, the Toronto pro show before I, for my next pro qualifier. So I guess, yeah, like it it was humbling in that way that like, okay, like I'm doing what I need to do, but there's still more work that needs to be done for me. So I guess that's probably like the main takeaway from the weekend. (laughs) That's good, man. It seems like you got a lot now to work with and to work for, which is awesome because, you know, you kind of woke, woke up in that sense of like, man, I've seen a different perspective. I've seen this guy. I've seen his struggles. I know where he's been and I know where I want to go next, which is amazing. All right, man. Last question that I have for you is I know that, you know, you're very, very passionate about bodybuilding and you've actually turned it into a career because, you know, you do coaching, you're involved with Jack Factory, you personal training so can you you know chat a little bit about that and how to turn something you're passionate into into an actual career absolutely man well when i decided i was going to get like serious about bodybuilding i was still in school uh i was doing a job that essentially would have had me working like offshore like doing shift work kind of thing so i literally just quit school uh went to my local uh good life and got a job as a personal trainer because i knew 
how efficient my life was going to have to become in order to be successful at bodybuilding. Because it takes so much time throughout your week to cook all your food, eat all your food, train five days a week. And sometimes like if you're getting ready for a show, you're doing cardio and training both in the same day. So like you need to be very efficient with your time. And also, even to the point uh, of like where I live, for example, like I live literally three minutes from the gym that I work at, uh, which is also the gym that I train at, which is also next to a grocery store. So I don't waste much of my time like driving around having to do stuff, uh, which gives me more time to focus on bodybuilding and the things I need to do to be successful at that. And like literally like these are the things I think of. Like I be like I, I think really critically of, of my days so I can be as efficient as possible. So with all that, how close everything is to where I live, like I don't have to waste much money on gas. So that's more money to put into like supplements and food and things that I need for bodybuilding. Uh, and also, and just, and just keeping the stress down, like, you know, uh, the goal in bodybuilding obviously is to gain as much muscle as you can. Uh, you need a pretty stress-free environment to do that. If you're stressed out all the time mentally, your body does not want to gain muscle. Like it really throws off your hormones, cortisol levels, things like that. So the less, um, like things I need to worry about in my day, the better a bodybuilder I can be. So I just attribute to kind of formulating my career and everything around my passion for bodybuilding has helped me, you know, really get to where I am. Right. So, and then of course, like, you know, you throw the sponsorships and stuff on top of that, that helps even more. So I'm very fortunate to have those, but I guess, yeah, I, you become very good at becoming efficient, you know, in order to live this lifestyle. Yeah, man, I think we've covered a lot. You know, I think this is a great episode. Honestly, we've, it's almost been an hour now, uh, 48 minutes or so. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Any final thoughts before I clue it up? Uh, no, not really, man. I guess just, uh, you know, for the people listening, like no matter what your goal is, no matter how far-fetched it seems, like you really just got to chip away at it day by day. Like you got to take everything day by day, do what you're supposed to do day in and day out. And, you know, slowly but surely, if you have patience, You'll, you'll start creeping up on it and you'll kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, that's what I'm doing right now. And, and I, I feel like I'm really starting to see the light. And then hopefully this time next year, I'll reach my ultimate goal of being an IFBB pro. And uh, if not, uh, I sure as hell won't be giving up and I'll be continuing on the path that I'm on right now. It's amazing, man. Well, thank you so much for getting on here. I know, you know, like I said in the beginning, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a thing to get you on here with our schedules, you know, oh, back yeah. <laughs> and forth. But, yeah, I appreciate you making the time to get on here, man. It was great ch- chatting with you. Uh, yeah, what's your Instagram so I can plug it in the bottom? It's morganmac.bodybuilding. Yeah, you got it, man. Morganmac.bodybuilding. All right, guys, go check him out. Go get some inspiration from him. His page is full with, you know, exercises, tips, and a bunch of different, you know, fit- it's a full fitness page that, you, you know, <laughs> what you would want to see on Instagram is not none of this bullshit that you that you would see. So this is <laughs> this is a real deal right here. This is a real deal. So go Appreciate check him it. out. Go follow him. And until next time, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to rate the podcast five stars if you enjoyed this episode. Leave a review. Let me know what you thought. And until next episode, guys, thank you so much. Consequence, I got this. I will not quit. And I'm on it, on it. I'm gonna launch quick. And I'm gone. It's just a matter of time before I'm over the time.